0: Hi, it's me, stand-up comedian and ghost detective, Katia Asad. I'm here with my good friend, James Hilmer. Hello. We interview comedians and entertainers about a
1: time they were ghosted and try to figure out maybe why that happened. It's funny, touching, and gosh darn it, they're all good stories. So tune in, Kati Asad Ghost Detective, available wherever you listen to podcasts when you're younger everybody tries to be this weird amalgamation of like i'm beyond race you know (laughs) i'm I'm, beyond
2: race now at burger king (laughs) i'm me i'm
1: the beyond race it's my favorite combo meal
2: the beyond race burger the beyond
1: race burger
0: Welcome to Cleopatra. I'm Christy Bonna. I'm Lynn Molly, and this is a podcast about two Middle Eastern comedy queens digging up the funny from the first generation experience. Our guest today is kind of one of
2: my favorite comedians in the entire LA scene. I'm always blown away by him. It's Milan Patel, everybody. Yay! Woo! As you know, this is a podcast about first generation people. We like to ask people about their backgrounds. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about your background?
1: I'm from uh, southern Washington near Portland, Oregon. So that's basic that's basically where most of my family is. My sister lives here, but yeah.
2: Where are your parents from?
1: India. Everybody's from Gujarat. Everybody in my family is Gujarati.
2: Where is that? It's
1: like Northwest, basically. Um, what
2: brought them to
0: America?
1: I think mostly it's because the oldest sister came over on my mom's side, and so everybody kind of followed her, basically.
0: So there wasn't, like, a big, um, like, a career rush or something. It was just everyone else moved, so I moved, too. It's yeah. a cool thing to do. Yeah,
1: it wasn't a career—it wasn't a career— they didn't have jobs to come here, to. basically. Some of them went to school here. Like, they ended up going to college, some of them, but um, they didn't come here for school or for jobs or anything.
2: What'd they end up doing in Washington?
1: In my family, everybody owns motels or hotels,
2: or, or they
1: like you know my my dad and some other my uncles they owned like convenience stores or dry cleaners were kind of big, but basically everybody settled into uh, motels and hotels. Like every most most Gujarati people end up owning motels basically
0: this sounds like a pilot that you could send to a diversity program and yeah would- i
1: did already They didn't <laughs> like it. Like we don't like this
2: they're like no nah, yeah. thanks we're an airbnb they're type. like we
1: yeah we already got like four other people that submitted this
2: so how, how was it growing up in washington
1: it's not bad i mean uh you know i didn't think about it until i moved here because i i lived in seattle for a little bit and then you know, I moved back home to Portland. So those were the only two places I lived other than LA. My hometown's pretty, it's pretty white, but it's like a mix between a little rural, but like a little suburb, there's a mix of suburbs. And then, you know, overall, it was, it's fine. You know, like, I, I only notice it now when I go back where you're like, oh, man, there's only like, there's just not very diverse here. Right. But, but that's also like you compare it to LA and then, you know, nothing's going to, compared to that other than you know other major cities really.
2: Yeah, I was just in Portland so, a few weeks ago and I was like, "Oh."
1: Yeah, and that's like that's that's what <laughs> like uh where I grew up basically. Still, That's like the most a Black Lives version. Matter
2: per signs per capita, though. Yeah,
1: I know a lot of a lot of that, and a lot of those signs that are like in this house, we it'll be like right. all the yeah.
0: all love the is love. Mu- uh,
1: Muslim, <laughs> they just have all the religions. Right. We believe all religions.
0: They've never met a Muslim person in their entire life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if we ever meet one, we'll be nice.
2: And at the very end, it's like and apps is short for appetizers. In this house, <laughs> um, we're a no phone household. Uh, I don't. know.
1: no phone household can people do that (laughs) was that a thing I bet some parents do that
2: probably I don't know I feel like that's kind of a thing you know like limiting screen time iPads yeah no plastic toys only wooden blocks and stuff
1: (laughs) I don't know about that without
2: (laughs) I don't know I fall I think I I went through a phase where I followed a lot of like white women lifestyle blogs and they're (laughs) like my children don't have toys that are made out of anything other than wood and organic children
0: don't have toys made out of anything but their children are publicly online every day
2: (laughs) don't be silly it's the backs of their heads (laughs) and their privacy is well respected (laughs) and why not make a living off of your child if you if you can you know
1: (laughs) most parents if they don't have a lot of money especially they'll do anything to keep their kids busy So they don't care if their kid's on an iPad all day, actually. But these parents have time or they have money to, like, have somebody else raise their kids. That's why they give them, like, shitty toys.
2: Yeah, there was this clip I saw that went super viral of this woman making her baby food from scratch and then homeschooling her children and then going outside and gardening, like... It was this whole thing that people were like, is this a satire of like what means? <laughs> and it was not a satire. And it it was like very much woven in with that whole like homesteading thing. Have you heard of this trend where like no. people are going back to the land and they're like, I'm going to get a cow and milk my own cow. Oh, and damn. I'm going to learn how to make sourdough and make candles just like.
1: Do they move? Do they move into the country or do they live in the suburbs? Yeah, it's like a
2: movement. But then also they're weirdly documenting it meticulously on TikTok. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a...
1: But they still own their house like in the city. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, so they're still renting ever, a tear. Don't be so late. Yeah. We're, uh, uh, that we're property value is still going up right. on that. <laughs> we're still, we're actually making a lot more in rent right. now I mean, that we live in the country.
2: 90% of it is just like the aesthetic of wearing a flouncy prairie dress and then being like, look, cream. Cream. Oh, cream with
1: fat. I made my cream. <laughs> I made <this> cream. <laughs> cream with fat. Whole milk. <laughs> yeah.
0: On that note, were your parents very present when you were growing up or were they always working? Because I know mine were always working and I've been told that means I was like a latchkey kid. Have you heard this term? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about this until latchkey recently. Latchkey kids, that's like
2: all, yeah, 70s, 80s. Like everyone before the 90s was a latchkey kid. Well, not everyone but it was very much, you know, yeah. the laissez-faire p- parenting.
1: Uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense to like label it as anything because I feel like that's just how most of us grew up. My parents worked a lot but what I would do is I would go to, my mom would go to work in the morning and then after school, my aunt would pick me up, either from school or somebody would give me a ride, and then we'd go back to the motel. My My aunt had a motel, so she would be taking care of me, but uh she'd be working around the motel usually. Wow. What kind of, of
2: characters would you see around the motel, or was it just a normal motel?
1: There's a weird combination of people that are going in and in and out, you know? Right. And then some people they can't get a apartment like they don't have good credit so they're staying there long term or then if there's like housekeepers they're sometimes living in the hotel in the motel you get you know you get to know them obviously because they're working every day
0: did you have friends come over to the motel to hang out
1: yeah sometimes i mean i had a house like my me and my mom had a (laughs) like like we lived up well we were the only ones in my family that had a like all my cousins that everybody else lived in the motel so i had a house that was like two blocks away so people came over to my house to hang out too but yeah people if, if we couldn't go home, then we would hang out at the motel sometimes.
0: And at your school, was it primarily white or was it diverse? Or was yeah, it
1: was pretty white yeah. for the most part. I mean, nobody at my school was... Super like racist or anything. I mean, you know, you you find the you know you're like ah, oh, there's a Asian kid or there's okay that kid's black, and then you just become friends with those kids. So that's th- my strategy. To yeah, this you day. just <laughs> you just find it and then you figure out your thing and then everybody hang and then you hang out with the white kids and it's fine. It's not a big deal.
0: Could you like be homecoming king though, or is that completely out of the question?
1: Homecoming king. <laughs> if I wanted to, um,
0: <laughs> can you put your mind
1: to it? <laughs> If you're good looking enough, it doesn't matter what, what race you are. I think you could. It's not true because
2: I was prom queen and I, <laughs> <laughs> and I was not the most attractive person in my high school.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you were. Maybe you don't know.
2: This whole podcast is just me trying to work in that I was prom queen at my high school. Oh, and it's were. a really huge elaborate.
0: Yeah. This, it, this, it is a credit. That's how she's brought up on stage.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think if it happened to, Prom queen? (laughs) Prom queen of... How does that work, though? You get, like, prom queen and then the king is your date?
2: It was an all-girls school and they didn't have kings. They just had, like, the queen and then the court. And then they had a weird thing where all of the people in prom court also... Had to invite their dads to prom for one dance, and then
1: <laughs> and then they they crown like one of the dads as the king,
2: <laughs> and then they all Whoever wear purity the rings. Most. Yeah, I just kind of realized how weird that is. But they invited the dads for like one dance, and then the dads would leave. But my dad couldn't go, so I asked my physics teacher to prom. <laughs> Shout out Mr. Rebo. Thank you for being my my dad for one night.
1: You asked him to prom like because everyone else would bring their dad. Yeah. So you (laughs) physics teacher.
0: I like the idea that like a different dad won king than like the queen. (laughs) He just has to dance with some random somebody
1: else's daughter. (laughs) And it's like (laughs) so awkward.
2: That's the you should have a child. Yeah. Make her go to my high school mm-hmm. and then you'll have a chance of a second chance of being prom king. Yeah. There's time for you.
1: Yeah. Well, they call it like best father.
0: <laughs> they call it, like,
2: the it's best actually father. called best in show. <laughs> best in show. Part
0: two. Best daddy. The very unfortunate news are like prom king grew up to be a a television writer and be married to a ballerina. It's truly devastating. Wow, that's supposed to be my life path.
1: (laughs) I don't envy anyone who's dating a ballerina, though.
0: She's really cute. Oh,
1: I know that. Like, I'm I'm sure she is, but like, I don't know. Being a ballerina seems like a stressful job, and then you get like caught up into their world of dance. You know, you're like competing with whoever the director of the ballet is. You know, Mm because they have like this uh, weird authority over your wife now.
0: I mean, (laughs) yeah, this feels weird to ruin this whole saga at age like. Thirty, I think she probably had to retire. She's oh, yeah. no longer That's like true. a working ballerina.
1: <laughs> no longer working, working ballerina. Retired ballerina. <laughs> I mean.
0: retired
2: ballerina is a, a funny phrase. Yeah, it's a good um, band name. Did you did you go to school after college? I mean, after high school?
1: Yeah, I went to college in Seattle. I uh, went to the University of Washington.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. Go Wildcats. Yeah. Is it Wildcats?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. Whatever. I mean, you know.
2: What's the mascot?
1: Uh, Huskies.
2: Huskies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Checks out. Yeah. I once judged a, a law school tr- mock trial competition there. I at, had,
1: at the University at of Washington? The university. Yeah. It was like the would big you th- leagues. What would you think of the campus?
2: It was a beautiful campus. It's nice, right? It's really nice. Did you go
1: during the spring or did you go? One of the
2: dead of winter. It was like January.
1: Cold, dreary, right? Yeah. Like kind of beautiful, even when it's really cold and shitty. Yeah. But still. I had a uh, great
2: time, though. One of my really good friends lives up there. We went to the SAM, the Seattle Art Museum. Oh, yeah.
1: They got the big guy with the hammer out front. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think.
2: That big guy. They had a big Kahinde Wiley exhibit.
1: I don't know who that is.
2: Kahinde Wiley is the guy who did the Obama portrait. And, oh, okay. I might
1: have yeah. seen I might have seen his work at um, the Portland Art Museum. It might have come the through Pam. there. The Pam, yeah.
2: Pam and Sam. The
1: Pam and Sam. Mm-hmm.
2: BFFs. <laughs> yeah. They're actually the prom king and queen of the Pacific Northwest.
1: Do you... <laughs> <laughs> Bam and Sam, <laughs> the art king and queen. <laughs> this podcast is uh, obsessed with royalty. <laughs> we are
2: monarchists here at Cleopatra.
0: <laughs> so, what did you study in Washington?
1: Um, I studied business and uh, creative writing. Those are my two degrees.
0: Wow. Those oddly lend to stand up comedy because you are kind of like the CEO of yourself when you're a stand-up comic
1: <laughs> yeah and then I'm writing. my own business yeah. yeah I guess so yeah it just seemed uh, I'm really bad at math and science and my mom figured that out pretty uh, like in high school we figured that out together the hard way because yeah. I was trying <laughs> to take all the advanced classes um as many as I could but I just couldn't uh science I just couldn't yeah, wrap my hand right. around it and i couldn't take the super high level math either and
0: my, people really want us as brown people to be excelling in those fields i know
1: i i wanted to as well because i was like this is like also you feel stupid just as a kid you're like oh man everybody else is doing good at this stuff because if you're good at english or whatever it's like okay nobody even at that, at that age it doesn't mean anything right you're like oh you're good at reading this book that nobody cares about <laughs> good job this, i'm also
2: fluent in english yeah put, <laughs>
1: it's <laughs> <His> books yeah <laughs>
2: everyone's mad um, um.
1: <laughs> so yeah that's why I kind of went to that because it seemed like uh, it could lead to a good job business could but then you don't have to be smart enough to actually take very high math or science classes
0: you said you were also a creative writing major I did that as well yeah um were there any memorable short stories that that come to mind
1: that I wrote or other people other
0: people
1: man you know I don't remember I just remember this one guy who pissed me off in my poetry class and he was like this uh tall white guy who like rode a bike around campus he would he would come in with the most annoying shit possible he, he was also ba- a bad writer like Yeah, he, no... he
0: was a photographer too and took pictures of the Brooklyn Bridge I know this guy so well yeah
1: he would come in with the most annoying stuff like he would come in he'd be eating a, a carrot <laughs> not, not, not like baby carrots you know like he would have a so carrot like a, and he's like what it's just a carrot like so he same- was like
2: fucking bugs bunny like walking around just like what's up doc
1: exactly yeah <laughs> this guy <thought> he was. <laughs> and then once t- so raw and then he would yeah exactly he's like well, it, that was the impression that I he's like whatever you know it's a carrot i mean it's like comes from the earth it's i like, found this like he's too cool to eat the baby. I don't even buy
0: this. Yeah, I
1: found it. Yeah, I just found it in the ground. I mean, I just like saw a leaf and I pulled it up. Fair and game. I was like, damn, food. food game. <laughs> Fair game. Fair <laughs> game. <laughs> and then the other annoying thing, he would bring in a mu- he brought in a mug of coffee. He, this guy biked around yeah. campus. This guy brought in an open mug of coffee, not a thermos. He had no. Th- okay. There's no thermos to be found. He just had an open like mug in class. I'm like, so you walked here or rode your bike with an open mug mm. I just I was like perplexed by how he brought that into class was his
0: name like Braniel or something no it was more
1: normal <laughs> like Braniel in the northwest people have normal okay. people or at least I mean I went to a state school like people had didn't have annoying names but they were an- just but annoying. They became, yeah. But they became annoying in college, if that makes sense.
0: I'm really sad to report. I'm pretty sure I dated this guy for like mm. three years. Unfortunately. Uh,
1: maybe he was a nice guy, but those two things Definitely really bothered not. me. One time, I wrote a poem. This is another annoying. Like I had a. You know, when you have like older people in your class, they're like, "I'm taking creative, right, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're like, careful they're like 40 and they're like in an undergrad class for some reason. and i wrote a poem that was um it, it, it was like very explicit it had like a lot of violence to it and stuff and it was like but what we were supposed to do is you peer review so you you everybody reads somebody else's poem and then you give notes on it right and that's how you get better this lady i got paired up with her she she was like she came in she clearly was just like frazzled she hadn't taken a shower that day she was just like out of it and she and she was like uh yeah i just um i just couldn't read your poem it was like it was like too it was like too intense for me but like clearly she just had not had time over Mm -hmm. the weekend to like Mm -hmm. read it and so she didn't give me notes on it (laughs) you know
0: and poem is not Long. yeah it was like a page it was like a page <laughs> too intense is she feedback. Like, that's too
1: intense i like no she's like i read the first line and i just i couldn't read any more like it's like well what if it got really what if it got really beautiful <laughs> you know <laughs> you don't even know <laughs>
2: it, that's where the it's it gets better campaign started yeah. it was just with My your poem, poem. <laughs>
1: yeah it gets better <laughs> yeah keep, reading. keep going come on yeah but creative writing's fun. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool that I even got to take those classes. I'm, it was a privilege.
2: That is a privilege. I feel yeah. like I always gravitated towards nonfiction, unless I mean I, actually, I read a lot of fiction as an English major. But when it came to like things that I wanted to write, because I was too worried about being like corny or cringy. Take up space, Christy. Mm. Take
0: it up. You know, Wh-
1: one time there was a short story writing class, and I would sit next to this dude. He was a football player. And he was just like this big, he was like a linebacker at UW, but he's like super soft spoken and he like loved, he loved uh, writing and stuff. I, I kind of got to be friends with him and I was like, oh yeah, man, like what's, what's up? Like he, he felt really self conscious in the class. He was the only football player like mm-hmm. taking a creative writing class. But uh, I was like, what's up, man? Like what do you, like what do you like to read? And he's like, eh, I just like to read like crappy, like science fiction books, you know, just like stuff. Stuff that people in this class wouldn't take seriously, and I, f- I felt so bad for him. Like Aww. he was, a, and he was a very good like writer and and stuff too, you know. But he just liked really like pulpy like science fiction stuff.
2: I think that's the hardest part about comedy is just being like, this might be really bad, but you just have to do it. You just have to go through it and shovel through a lot of bullshitty, cringy, embarrassing, vulnerable things, and then keep going. Is that like where your comedy started or how did you eventually start doing comedy
1: yeah I started in college I would go to there's like open mics in Seattle that I would go to
0: did you have comedy idols when you were younger like what inspired you to or did you just happen to see an open mic and were like I could do that
1: yeah I did this thing in high school is basically like this talent show thing and I did some stand-up there I uh, and wow, then,
2: you've been doing stand-up since you were in high school?
1: Yeah What I was mean, your
2: high school material about?
1: It was like, have you guys seen the Tim Heidecker stand-up Where he like, where's this he, he, yeah. You've seen that where it's like really bad yeah. I, I basically did that oh and my I, gosh. I also like uh, Zach Galifianakis I liked his one-liners, so mm-hmm. I did a lot of one-liners But it was like uh, I was too nervous Or didn't know how to write real stand So I was just did a character Of being like really nervous and bad at it So <laughs> I basically did the very very similar to the Tim Heidecker stand up because I love those those old videos of him just like bombing in front of crowds. <laughs> so I did that. It was pretty funny. And then I, I didn't do it for a couple of years and then I started when I was like 19, tw- nineteen, twenty or something like wow. that. Yeah.
0: Wow. Something we talk a lot about on this podcast is the immigrant parents' feelings towards us do- pursuing oh, yeah. this field. How how's that going? This
1: is good. I think, you know, they're they're like proud of me. I think uh I think the, like, if I quit, they'd be happy too, like, probably happier, because I'll, like, (laughs) do something better. There's not too many feelings or conversations about it anymore i'm like 30 now so it's not like it's not something we talk about that much anymore you know um i'm
0: I'm still afraid to get a tattoo because of how mad my parents would be Uh, i
1: I think i'd be afraid of that too actually (laughs) like that but if i had been getting tattoos since i was 20 i wouldn't be afraid of it i've been doing comedy since i was like 20 so it's like i've had more time to acclimate Mm. both of both of us have had time to acclimate to those decisions (laughs) whereas like a tattoo i'd be like i'd be like mom I got a tattoo. I'm like crying I'm like mom. <laughs> I got an ankle tattoo.
2: <laughs> Stand-up comedy is also irreversible like a tattoo.
0: <laughs> Do they watch your clips or anything?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think my mom follows me on Instagram. Everybody, a lot of my... Family members follow me on Instagram. So they see most of it, I think.
0: I tried to hide my stand up from my family for so long. And then one of my cousins followed me and I was like, he's going to be cool. He's going to be cool. And then like a week later, there was like a family reunion in Cyprus. And then I got a follow from every single family <laughs> member. And I was like, no. <laughs> and that's, and that's how my family found out.
1: Yeah. I can't afford for them to not know. Cause like if I go back home and I want to put on a show, like no, if nobody shows up, I'm like, I need, I have like, twenty five family members yeah. that'll like fill the room out. Yeah, so also I need have them to several come.
2: motels to just sh- shove some flyers <laughs> under the door. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even <laughs> thought about that. Yeah. Ooh, you didn't think show. about that?
1: Yeah,
0: motel show. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's got a bunch of meth heads in here. <laughs> to watch the show,
0: <laughs> the haha ha hotel, it's already branded, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. just filled with insane people, interlopers. It <laughs> sounds like such a scary place. It's the haha ha motel, <laughs> it also
2: doubles as a haunted house, yeah.
1: The haha ha motel, <laughs> it's oh, like man. the Jokers. <laughs>
2: Um, We're going to ask a couple of questions. I'll ask the first one. Yeah. So Cleopatra viewed herself as a living goddess. What has made you feel godlike or alternatively, what is a useless, weird talent you have that you would like to share with us?
1: You know, did you guys ever feel like you were really smart when you were a kid? Like I was like, oh man, like you ever feel like that? Where you're like, I think I'm a genius.
2: Um, as a child, I don't think so. I think I t- it took me some years to feel like... I only started feeling like smart in seventh grade. I think. I
1: th- I been. think when I was like six or seven, or like eight to ten, I was like, I was like, I thought I was like Rain Man. You know, <laughs> I was like, I thought I could like see through everything. Like I'd be at like recess and I could like see everybody like playing basketball.
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> I I like, say more.
1: I don't know. I you just, just like
2: were had were observational. Well, I
1: mean, I'm a kid. I didn't have like I didn't go in depth into this idea. I just thought I was like I thought I was like I think I'm a genius. <laughs>
0: like psychic i I
1: thought i had incredible observational skills you know
0: i mean you kind of
1: do well i mean as as an adult you develop that but i don't know if as a kid i was like (laughs) (laughs) i was like really seeing through the matrix or anything but i thought i was because also like a lot of the content you view when you're a kid is like it's like a movie or something where the kid is special you know and you're like i think i'm special
2: I love that.
1: Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't like a specific superpower, but I just thought I was incredible I was like like my brain was incredible like I was like transcending. I also used to think my mom was like a witch. Do you guys ever think that?
0: <laughs> no, no, my mom's very no. much not a witch. Like my
1: mom was pretty nice, like, but I just thought like but it wasn't <laughs> like she she was mean. I was just like I was like, I wonder if she's like a witch like okay, I was like she's like conspiracy theory fattening me up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fattening you up oh my yeah. god She's like a witch cuz you cuz you read a lot of stories about witches too. <laughs> right she
0: keeps feeding me and, and like, nourishing me so and she she's can up eat to some eat me i
1: thought my mom was going to eat me <laughs> It's like um, a Hansel
0: and Gretel situation. I had a lot,
1: yeah. I had a lot of weird, uh, like phobias like that. I also thought mm. I was going to get kidnapped a lot when I was a kid too. Like that's I would, understandable. I had a like, lot of stranger
2: danger. Yeah,
1: I had like mul- I would have like almost every night like uh, nightmares about somebody like breaking into our house and like me getting kidnapped for some reason. Did you or my mom being a witch? <laughs> like one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's in on it or something. You did?
2: Oh wow! Okay, so you
0: thought your mom would facilitate a kidnapping? Yeah. Wow! <laughs> <No. laughs>
1: or no, I thought she would kidnap me or something.
0: I spent my entire childhood looking for portals to secret worlds in our house. Yeah, but I feel like that's a lot less traumatic than my mom.
1: Yeah, yeah. I always thought there was going to be like a hidden right? part of my house that I didn't know about. And it was like a pretty old house, so like I would find compartments here or there, but it would like never lead to anything good. So disappointing mm-hmm. when you're a kid.
2: Anything you good. like, crawl into a space,
1: <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a, a new world." Right. You like, you're just in a crawl space, and you're you just get stuck, and there's like rats and yeah. stuff. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's like nothing. here. I-, I was
0: supposed to be a princess on the other end of this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're just stuck, like next like to a, a raccoon. Princess of rats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like dusty, like clothes.
1: Yeah. And your parents are like, what are you doing in the attic? I'm like, nothing. I'm just, I thought there was stuff. We had, we did have a cool, at the motel, there was like a really sick attic where there was a lot of stuff that you could kind of go into all these nooks and crannies, but yeah, never found anything.
0: Hmm. At my cousin's house, we did find a closet that went all the way around a room and that was pretty exciting. Yeah. But it's same thing. It was like.
1: Mom and then you you, and... Fi- you finally get to the end. You're like, oh, I guess it just went around the room.
0: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs>
1: I thought somebody there's going to be gold. Yeah. Infinity,
0: yeah. <laughs> but the gonna be treasure
1: <laughs> What do you say?
0: The journey. Was the worth journey.
1: It.
2: <laughs> and that's how you're you became a around. process-oriented creative. <laughs> yeah. Only going in circles.
1: And then, like, when you're alone, you're like, I think I'm gonna. Like, when you're when you're like your parents leave the house, you're like, I think I'm gonna walk through that corridor <laughs> oh lynn's home alone <laughs> You're gonna, like, do something naughty
2: i never uh thought i had superpowers but i did think somebody explained what peripheral vision was to me and i thought it was something like a superpower yeah. and so i was like i have peripheral vision so i can <laughs> see out of the sides I, I, of your eyes
1: i thought i had photographic memory because <laughs> there, I read this story about it's probably a very popular story but I forget the name you know and she like she could like every time she took a photo with oh, her memory she would go click, she would go click yeah. and I was like I can do that <laughs> and then I would just try it I would just say click and think that I got it <laughs> and I'm like I got it I remembered that yeah. click I, remember. <laughs> I still do it now where I'm like I have a photographic memory and then I'll like I'll be looking at you and I'll look away and I'm like I remember <laughs> <laughs> I know what Christy looks like
2: just fa- facial recognition going on up up there yeah that's... but
1: in my mind it's like a power
0: yeah it's seared into your brain <laughs> that I have that
1: this skill but <laughs> I wish I
0: could do the opposite where I go unclick and I can forget things I've seen <laughs> remember,
1: forget people <laughs> Yeah, like as you get older, you're like, man, I wish I could forget that.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Unclick.
1: Unclick. Maybe <laughs> like, a superpower as an adult is the ability to forget, <laughs> to let go.
2: <laughs> Everyone has their their ways. <laughs> I had to switch from alcohol to meditation. You know, that's how I. I'm. Was that too real?
1: <laughs> no, I. Yeah, I don't drink either. When yeah. when did you stop drinking?
2: I mean, I drink a little bit now, but I just like when I was a lawyer.
0: I would just—it was so. It's cus- like you're required to be an alcoholic when you're a lawyer. I feel like that's part of the bar.
2: Everyone needs something. It was such like a treat where I'd be like, "Oh, I get to have a drink now." And
1: you do it after work, probably too, right? Like you do it with your uh, coworkers. And oh stuff. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was just like
2: really part of the culture. Of the culture. And I sure. lived in D.C. for
0: a while, and yeah. that has like a huge happy hour culture.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of people with like steady careers, they drink a lot. I've noticed. Right,
0: and they spend more money. I feel like because when I worked in marketing, I felt like I had to spend so much money to justify the fact that I was so miserable at my yeah, job. Yeah,
1: I did that too. Yeah, I would drink like anytime I had like a good full time job, I was drinking more.
2: Yeah, it really <laughs> is amazing how how much drinking is just made a part of life. I heard I can't remember where I heard this, but it's like drinking is the one substance you have to actually explain why you do, why you don't do yeah. it.
1: So, That's like, true. I don't
2: smoke and I never had to be like, oh, I don't smoke cigarettes because.
1: Yeah, true. I was also going to say with the work thing, it's like they they want it to be a part of it. They want to make your job more tolerable, which is why they have like they'll be like, yeah, we have a beer at the office. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. Like, oh, awesome. I'm here till eight. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll get drunk. Like,
2: yeah, that. I mean, we'll <clears throat> just attract the workforce with snacks, beer and a ping pong table. Yeah. And boom. It's 2010 all over again. Yeah. And, we're going to restore the workforce. That's so funny.
1: That's Yeah, that's 2010. That's like a 2010. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: mm-hmm. Like
1: that's when all that started.
2: I read an article recently about how people <clears throat> were thinking that they were going to restore people back in the office with like Instagrammable workspaces. And it's like, no. babe, it's not 2010. We don't give a shit about the fucking boomerang in no. front of the confetti wall or whatever the fuck it is
0: again go to the museum of ice cream okay? <laughs> i remember i had a beer once at work, because they were like we've got beers and then i was like now i'm just you trash drunk at work <laughs> yeah you can't <laughs> like, you can't like, sucks. you're missing your deadlines <laughs> yeah. and
1: your b- boss is mad at you
0: right and there were, especially when like the
2: summer associates like at the law firm would come there would always be these like work happy hours and we'd have to like go be a part of it and then There were all these events where you go to the main floor and there's like wine and beer.
0: I feel like it's such a bad idea too because I feel like whenever at our workplaces we would start drinking, we would just... Like talk shit about the workplace and like the it CO- <laughs> Like I don't know why they were like feeling yeah. that.
1: I I try never to. It, it, it's only been a few case I- instances where I've had those events, and I try never because I know yeah. my. Well, I quit drinking. I don't drink anymore because I knew that if I would start drinking, I wouldn't be able to stop. And I was like, I'll I'll get fired, <laughs> like if yeah. I if I start drinking at a work thing. So I never did. I don't drink when I do comedy either.
0: An intern at a work thing once a few drinks in told us that he wants to impregnate every woman he meets and
1: is it and then Ooh. and then, like the next right and then the next an day intern. it's like it didn't happen <laughs> yeah. or like, like right. everyone pretends like oh well that was the work thing it's like well that, that, <laughs> that he was, said that that was you
0: yeah. that was you it yeah. <laughs> was, was, was deeply yeah. problematic to say to the entire company yeah as an intern he
1: wanted to impregnate <laughs> all everyone
0: he said he wanted to impregnate every woman he met
1: every woman he met yeah okay
0: yeah, I once went to a
2: holiday office party and one of the senior men was like, certainly inebriated and like being really creepy with all of the younger interns. And then he was like, let me take a picture with all of you ladies. No. And then he was like, let me have my hands up. I want to get me too. <laughs> And I was like, "Huh, that's not funny." <laughs> uh, and we all just have like panic anyway. blinks in the photo. We're yeah. like, "Help! Help! Help!" Yeah, oh, that's boy. that
1: became like a thing. So I, I don't know, probably other questions to talk about, but that became a thing, right? Where like, you, I mean, you guys probably experienced it more, where bosses just started making jokes about that,
2: right? But you are like, like, "This is still a liability." This, yeah, you're, what you're
1: saying is inappropriate. Still, like you addressing that what you're doing is inappropriate is still. Wrong, like right. that's not the point of all this. Is for you to be like, I don't want to get me too. And it's like, well, then don't do <laughs> then stuff. Exactly. That then would don't do, do it.
2: That. <laughs> right. And it's like this weird, the implication being
1: <laughs> that, that somebody's going to accuse them for no reason, basically. Right. Exactly. like That they're a good guy, but like exactly. somebody's gonna they're gonna get in trouble for nothing.
2: What they're telegraphing is it is so absurd that I would do yeah. anything inappropriate, mm-hmm. and so I can joke about so this. I can joke and about it's like, this. well, you know. <laughs> You know what they say, there's always a kernel of truth in comedy, and I don't like the way this joke is turning, you know? It's just so bizarre, and people don't realize that they're kind of telling on themselves a little bit when they make jokes like that.
0: But not us. We're comedians. Everything we say is... (laughs) And male comics have been historically... You know, just so great about yeah um.
1: guys. Let's move on. I don't want to get <laughs> me too I like
0: that you're
2: guys. Show us your yeah. Keep your hands <laughs> where we oh can see them.
1: It would take it would take so much for me. to <laughs> <doing> feel inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> you know, it really, would. You're, you're you're all the of, way
2: over there.
0: It's so true. You're out of frame.
1: <laughs> <laughs> whoa, wait, whoa, wait, i'm Getting the third degree over here. <laughs>
0: um okay <laughs> question number two cleopatra wasn't actually egyptian she was more grecian but she embraced a lot of egyptian customs what's a super american custom you've adopted or an indian custom that you can't shed
1: i'm trying to think of stuff that i do like with my family that's super indian i don't know
0: eat with your hands ever i still eat yeah, with I my hands that. yeah, yeah. Food,
1: all the food stuff is the same from when i was a kid oh what i was gonna say about this is like I don't know what I do specifically, but my theory about all that stuff is that whatever race you are, whatever culture you're from, you're gonna become more of that as you get older. So Mm. if you're like Asian, you're gonna be really Asian when you're older. This feels like if you're white. (laughs) If you're white, you're gonna be very white when you're older. When you're younger, everybody tries to be this weird amalgamation of like I'm all. It's like, I'm beyond race, you know?
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm beyond I'm, race now at Burger King. I'm me. I'm the beyond race It's my race favorite burger. combo meal the beyond race the burger. The beyond
1: race burger. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So when you're younger or like even closer to like your 30s, like what I'm at, you, you think you're this like, You're like, I'm an amoeba. Nobody can pin me down. But I think as you get older, (laughs) you're just going to be first of all, you come like your parents. So if you're becoming like your parents, like I'm going to become more Indian just from that. But then whatever your culture is like, you're going to your tastes and whatever you like is going to funnel into that more so than anything else mm-hmm. that's my my theory
2: all right yeah why do you think that is what do you feel like has been happening over the years that's made you feel that way
1: because you get more conservative as you get older like you're not as open to I new. F- i
0: feel like i keep getting less and less conservative <laughs> as i think I get it's older. because we're at open mics I, that keeps us young and fresh i really <laughs> i'm not kidding i love hearing what the kids say i love having like gen z in my life because i feel like i'm so yeah, ahead of the that. curve
1: yeah, yeah. Y- you need that you need that for sure you need like younger people perspective to see what's going on but but the natural but the natural thing is for you to become more funneled into what you believe and what you think so you're going to be whatever your culture is so
2: now we're going to move on to our final segment called dig deep this is where we ask deep questions i'll ask the first one cleopatra was portrayed by elizabeth taylor famously if your life or a crossover episode of two tv shows or films what would they be who would play
0: you?
1: I feel like Mr. Bean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not the first time Mr. Bean has been brought up on this podcast. Has
1: somebody said that as an answer already? No, someone,
0: already? Uh, Opie, Opie said... Opie's mom loves
2: Mr. Bean. Favorite comedian.
1: Oh, yeah. That's her <laughs> favorite comedian. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's not Opie.
1: <laughs> yeah, my my family like Mr. Bean too. It's He's universal. I feel like Mr. Bean, the older that I get, because in those episodes, he's always in situations where he's like making a mistake accidentally and that's how i feel all the time like you're trying your best but then you end up stumbling into like doing the thing that makes people hate you the most (laughs) accidentally yeah so okay
2: so you're just mr bean no crossover with anything uh,
1: I talk less. I mumble more. <laughs> I'm wearing better suits. <laughs> Your eyes suit. are bugging out <laughs> slowly <laughs> as you get older. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always like, you guys are going to hear, <laughs> at open mics, you're going to hear me just saying, mmm <laughs> mm.
0: Okay, the ancient Egyptians would bring their most treasured items into their sarcophagus with them. Yeah. What would you bring with you? And there's a, a second part to this question, but I'll ask it after.
1: I'm not, it, this is a, it's a tough question for me. I'm not very sentimental. I don't own anything that I really care about.
2: Wow. People
1: give me stuff, right? Like,
2: And you immediately say, I don't care about this. I
1: don't. People send me cards, like Christmas cards and stuff. And I, I hate it. Like I hate having, cause I, I like th- thinking that they're thinking of me, but when they send me like a Christmas card, I'm like, okay, I can't throw this away. That's wrong. Right. So I have to like find a place to put it or I have to like have a place to store it for like three months before I throw it away. But I'm not going to put that up, you know, I'm not putting it up in my house.
2: You, you you wouldn't just like put it on your fridge just for the season? I've
1: I've tried it before and I hate <laughs> looking at it.
2: It's disgusting.
1: It's like disgusting for me to look at. Why? I don't know because it's not. It doesn't fit with my decor. <laughs> like no. like, okay. like like you're not thinking about my decor when you send me a Christmas card. You're just like, well, we made these and it's like, yeah, but you guys are all wearing like green. Like my house is like I'm going for a very like cream colored. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're the
0: original Marie Kondo. <laughs> yeah, I wow. want my
1: house to look a certain way and you're ruining that and now i have to have like a weird like collage wall with everybody's stupid christmas card i don't know i just don't like that stuff that people give me that's supposed to be sentimental if i if i have something that i get buried with like bury me with like music or something mm-hmm. or like my airpods so i can listen <laughs> just so i can like listen to something while i'm dead
2: mm, maybe listen some baby genius cds so you can finally be that genius
1: Yeah, give me like books, like books on tape or something. Like I want something to do, I guess. Maybe
0: like those airplane screens with Black Swan. (laughs) Yeah, give me like Black Swan.
1: Give me, (laughs) it's like preloaded movies. Just from like 2010, a 2010 Delta flight. Whatever was like on the programming there. Like Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, it's like Knocked Up and like (laughs) Catch Me If You Can is on there. (laughs) Kramer versus Kramer, and I'm just, like, sitting there. I'm just, like, watching, like, one episode of The It's, like, season three, episode one of The Office or something.
0: That's the best afterlife I've ever imagined.
1: A plane? That's a... Yeah, yeah, that made my answer way better. The Delta flight
2: entertainment options. Bury me with them. Yeah,
1: and you're playing, like, um... You're playing, like, Solitaire. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to play it with, like, the remote that they give you, so it's, like...
0: There's also a like hero. a flight tracker Like how long How long you been dead
1: <laughs>
0: It's like how long you been dead An
2: eternity's worth of entertainment
1: hmm, yeah And you get to see the temperature outside And it's like hmm. <laughs> 55 hmm. Also do you ever
0: see when they have those Seat in seat messaging options Sometimes yeah. that's an option. You can message So people
1: can message me Like yeah. stuff Like Other... still miss you It's like okay
0: Okay cool I don't care I'm living my best life down here Yeah I'm busy <laughs> <laughs> sorry i have a bad signal
2: when i land i'll, I'll let you know yeah. i'll text you when i land
1: i'm on airplane mode <laughs> death is the original airplane mm.
2: mode death is the original airplane mode yeah. no that's not true we have ouija boards and and other mystical things we can get messages across Dude,
1: yeah somebody that's i don't like ouija boards my mom and my aunts used to do it what they would do is like because their dad died when they were really young so they were like obsessed with like that and you know they just like the ouija board concept so anytime there's like a bunch of the late like uh, like aunties like they would go into one of the motel rooms and then i would watch it sometimes but it kind of was like it,
2: that's horrifying they go into yeah. a motel room and bring a Ouija. <laughs> yeah board. they had like candles and stuff
1: and um it was like it sounds creepy but they would just be giggling and i was like this is i don't want to watch this anymore <laughs> um but they would always like try to contact their dad through the ouija wow. board do you um, believe
2: in that stuff at all?
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't think they did. Like, I don't think they figured it out. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, I think somebody could maybe, but...
2: Real dangerous s- toy. Somebody was
1: pushing <laughs> yeah. it. But I don't want anybody to contact me with a Ouija board.
2: So speaking of the afterlife, um, what would you like your legacy to be or what would you want your epitaph to read?
1: I think it's healthier for me if I'm like, if I don't have an epitaph or if I don't have a legacy. If I, if I don't think about that stuff now, I think that's healthier. Why does that make sense because then I'm not worried about it and then also I can fuck up more Mm. (laughs) and I can make more mistakes.
2: So what you're saying it's going to be a dry erase board headstone and people can make edits as they go
1: that's good thanks for fixing that sponsor <laughs>
2: <me>. <laughs> that has been our episode we really appreciate you being here um is there anything you'd like to promote
1: so yeah you can find me on instagram milan patel underscore okay and then uh you can listen to my podcast it's called perfect politics and then if you want to find that on instagram it's perfect politics pod
2: yay thank you so much this has been cleopatra if you enjoyed us please leave us a review or just follow us and, and support i've been christy Bonna. i'm lynn molly
1: i'm milan patel
2: thank you so much good night